22, Joe. If you have your Bible, open up to Luke 22. Luke 22. And um, this is the story of the Last Supper. And I want everyone to know this chapter, to know it, to read it, to look at it. Because this is God's design for us to remember him. And, it, and the word remembrance in the scripture, it doesn't mean just once. It means over and over and over. I almost, I thought today, maybe we won't have communion today. I didn't have bread. I didn't have, what are you smelling the juice? It does? <laughs> Better than the other one, huh? <laughs> the other one's like grape Kool-Aid. <laughs> I was looking around the kitchen today. I was like, I don't, have, I don't have bread. I don't have, we're out of the little cups. And <laughs> I was thinking of using a fizz. And like... <laughs> Oh, God knows when we do it out of our heart and we say, there's so many times, guys, I'll never forget this movie, um, and I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> What's the name of it? Silence, I think, Silence. It's with Liam Nielsen, right? And it's about... Um, monks that go over to Japan, I think, and they, oh my gosh, guys, look this up, watch this movie. Is it, is that what it is? Silence? Nope, it's just one word, silence, I think. What? No, 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 I know. <laughs> but oh my gosh, guys. <laughs> we got to find it. It's with Liam Nielsen. Can you look, Joe? Uh, it's about monks. It is silence. You got it? Okay. So, do they have the communion scene? Do they have the communion scene? I have, sir, if you find it, Joe, I have looked for that for years and have not found it. But you will find it. Anyway, guys, it's, I think, Japan, right? And it's at a time when the, the priests had sent over uh, from the Catholic Church, they sent over uh priests to go and minister to the people because they were being killed. They were being murdered. 
the Christians were being murdered and tortured. And uh, so it's the story of these priests that go over. And there is a scene in there, because think of it. Can you imagine in this country if that's what it came down to? Listen, it's going to come down to it, guys. Do you know that? When the end times come, it's coming down to that. And it's happening all over the world. Christians, you preached it last week, I think. Every 10 seconds a Christian is murdered or every 10 minutes around the world. Christianity, followers of Christ, are being murdered. Do you know why? Because we have the power of God and the devil wants to stop it. And we don't even know what our power is yet, guys. We don't know because we're not under persecution yet. But we're going to be. It's coming. We have to be ready. This is why we do this with the body and the blood of Jesus. Right? This is why. Because we're coming under it. And it's going to be, it's going to be necessary to have the DNA of Christ in us supernaturally. Well, anyway, so I won't tell you the movie, but I want you to watch it this week. I want you to watch it. I dare you. I dare, double dare you, Caleb. I double dare you. <laughs> oh, no. No, but that is where they're torturing and killing the Christians. <laughs> yes. Okay, so, but there is this scene where the priest, they come to this shack. They're in hiding because it's all underground, right? Because if, if you tell someone in that country you're Christian, do you see what they're doing? They had like them hanging upside down with their heads in holes that were filled with bugs. And just it was horrible torture. It's important for us to think about this, guys. It can change your thinking. It can change your life. There's so many things in history where people have been tortured for Christ where they, they saw their children tortured. They saw their family killed. But they believed in eternal life, and they would not deny Christ. And, I, and in this scene, it shows the communion scene. And these, these Japanese people, the native people, they were just hiding and, and broken and desperate desperate we just don't know that yet right there are times there are times when we feel it if if someone in our family is sick if someone in our family might be dying or sick or desperate or hurt or wounded you know that feeling that rises up in you like oh my Gosh, and we can't bear it. We can't bear that feeling. It's so hard. It's outside of us. It goes into our spirit realm because it's so bad. It's so hard. It's so painful. 
But Jesus came for that. That is what he felt the night that he went before his disciples. That is what he felt. So these people, they come to this shack, and we'll have to find it and play it, Joe. But they, um, they come there, and the priests are administering the communion because in the Catholic Church, and I don't know if this is still the same way today, but they could only, it was only the priest that could give it in the Catholic Church. So these people had been waiting and waiting. They just, they needed the blood and they needed the body. They needed it so desperately that they were willing to risk their life. And they all hid in this little shack crying and crying and crying and taking the blood and taking the body to survive. I pray that we never come to that in this country. I pray that God honors this country for its stand on being a country that was founded on belief and faith in God and the freedom of religion. I pray that we are saved from that kind of torture. But in some ways, guys, it's that kind of pain that brings us to the cross, that helps us to bend a knee. And we need that. We need those moments where we can actually bend a knee to God who loves us and say, just help me, take care of me, heal me, restore me, restore my brokenness. And I'm going to tell you something. The enemy, he may come to Japan and, try and torture the Christians, right, or China right now, but he comes to America to deceive the people, to pull them away from God without them even knowing it. He does it where they're laughing and they're having a good time and everything's good. Or anyway, it is some of the time and, and it makes us happy and it makes us laugh and not care. That's how he kills us. That's how the enemy comes to kill Americans. To take them into pleasure, selfishness, greed. That's what he does, guys. He's killing us the same way he sent his people and his demons to kill Christians in other countries. But we're, we have a, a veil over our eyes and we need to pray that as we take communion today, that that veil would be torn off. Because I'm going to tell you something, guys. There's so many kids right now that are lost in things that keep them busy, keep them happy, keep them fantasizing. They feel like they're in other worlds. You know, ga gaming is one way where a kid can get lost in it. That's especially if it's a broken kid, right? If it's a broken kid and they and they don't have friends and they don't have a family. And so they find fantasy and they get lost in it and 
And those are the ones that we hear these stories about that come out of the basement that they've been living in and they go and they shoot up a church or they shoot up a gas station or a whatever they are doing all over the place, right? Because guess what, guys? That is the enemy trying to destroy them, take their soul. And it could be tons of things. It could be addictions. It could be just plain out fear and loneliness. Guys, we have to realize this. We have to open our eyes. And there's nothing wrong with having fun and playing a game or uh, you know, getting together. I'm not saying that. Though God wants us to live in joy. He want, the joy of the Lord is our strength. He wants us laughing. He wants us joyful. He wants us knowing we have the only hope there is in this world, and it's him. But guys, we have to open our eyes also to the truth of what's happening, and even what's happening in America right now. It's worse than what's happening in what happened in Japan when they were killing the Christians or what's happening in China. Because you know what's happening to Christianity in those countries? They're rising up. The Christians are like crazy strong and, and they love God and they're witnessing and they're hiding people and they're helping people. But in America, we just... Isn't there a song that says that? We just want to have fun. <laughs> but it's true. We can become, and as Christians, guys, we have to show people the love and the joy of the Lord. But we have to also tell them they need Jesus. They need Jesus. Because some of that joy and fun and fantasy isn't real. And that's what happens with these kids. They realize this isn't real, and they go out, and they're in despair. And then they hurt and kill other people. I don't know if this is a burden on your heart, but it's a burden on my heart. And one of the solutions that the Lord has given us is the miracle of communion. It's in the breaking, take your bread, Take your bread, your body of Jesus. He says in the word, this is my body broken for you, right? And then he, he gave it to them. He broke it, break it in your fingers, and he gave it to them. The miracle comes in the breaking. The miracle comes in the breaking. Now hold on to your broken pieces for a minute. I'm going to tell you two stories, really short. <laughs> The fish, right? The five loaves and two fishes. You know when the miracle came? When did it come? When he broke the bread and he gave it. Right? And then the bread multiplied and they fed 5,000 people. Right? That was another clue. The Bible is full of clues and mysteries. Are you going to solve the mystery? Are you going to look for the mystery of Jesus? It says it in the word. It's a mystery. You got to solve it. You got to seek it with all your heart and you got to look for it. And then he told another story where he appeared after his resurrection to all the people on the road to Emmaus. And he 
they said, are you hungry? Are you hungry? Stay with us for dinner. So he stayed with them for dinner, and it said he took the bread and he broke it, right? And then guess what? He disappeared. He was gone. The miracle is in the breaking. And sometimes, guys, the miracle is in the breaking of us. Do you understand that? You will, because the Lord's going to show you. Because everyone here has a mission. And we may not have many here, Ephraim. Are you hearing this? We might not have many here. But the Lord is going to use each one of you in a powerful way. How? Through the breaking and giving. Because you take what you have in Christ. You take it. And you give it. You give it. You go out there and you be ambassadors for Christ. You tell your friends. You tell your co-workers. You tell everyone you can reach. Anyone you can speak to. All of the kids you play with on the games. You tell them. Tell them that Jesus died for them and gave his life that they could have forgiveness of sin and have eternal life through him. Guys, we broke the bread in our hand and he said, this is my body. I give it to you. Let's partake together. I don't know why the Lord is working this way today. I've been feeling like I've been going through communion and sometimes just not feeling a lot. And I've been asking the Lord to help me to feel more, to help me to have godly emotions of love and compassion. And I believe that's what God is passing out today. And I think he's going to pass it out to each one of you as you partook by faith of his body for your brokenness and for the brokenness of lives around us, okay? Because you have the answer. And it's the loving, loving arms of Jesus. And then he took the cup. Let's raise the cup. He took the cup. And he said, this is the covenant, this is the new covenant of my blood poured out for many, for redemption, for forgiveness of their sin, for cleansing. Guys, take this, partake, and be cleansed in Jesus' name. Let's partake together. Lift up a hand to the Lord this morning, if you would. 
just lift it up to your Father in heaven. He is your Father. He loves you. He loves you. Father, we ask for your power, your presence this morning in our life. We thank you for the powerful mystery of communion. And I pray, God, that as you're opening our eyes together as a body of what this is and what it does, that you would speak to us, that you would show us the mysteries. Lord, you said in the end times, you are going to show us the mysteries. And I pray that this group would take Holy Communion and they would take it out to their friends. That we would take it out to our community. That we would call in the young people. We would call in the youth. And we would bring your body and your blood to the people who are broken. That they would be healed in Jesus' name. And we just praise you and thank you. We praise you and thank you. We can't even come up with the words or the thoughts that would express enough thanks. But put it in us, Lord, by your spirit. Put it in us that the words that come out would come out from the DNA of Jesus Christ to the world. We pray that this morning, Lord, and we ask for you to bless this group, Lord, and all those, Lord, this morning around the world, around the earth, that are partaking of the blood and body of Jesus. We join with them, and we say thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Grace, you want to come on down? Come on down. <clears throat> Father, we just thank you and we just praise you for this day. We thank you for communion. We thank you for all you've done. We thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing, how you're changing lives, Lord God. And I pray that you would just continue to bless us financially. Lord God, as we give to you cheerfully, Lord, I pray that you would continue to bless this body, Lord God, as they give to you, Lord God, where rust and moth will not devour. Lord, and I just thank you and I just pray blessings upon your people today. Lord God, I pray that you would open our ears and open our eyes to you, to your words, to your message, open our minds. Lord God, we pray that our minds, we would have the mind of Christ Lord God, and that you would touch our hearts. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <clears throat> well, today we celebrate Pentecostal Sunday. Amen. Amen. 
Does anybody know what happened on Pentecostal Sunday? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Today's the day that the Holy Spirit fell upon the church. And the believers, amen, that it came down with cloven tongues of fire and they split. And they landed on the heads of the disciples and the apostles at that time. And they went out and they preached the word boldly with convictions and signs wondering, signs following. <laughs> so today we celebrate Pentecost. It's the 50th day from the Resurrection Sunday. Today is the day the Holy Spirit descended. It's also the Feast of Weeks, also known as Shavat. And I'm going to give you a little lessons this morning. Shavat is one of the three festivals, the three Jewish festivals that the Israelites had to go to Jerusalem to celebrate. They had to go there during Passover, Tabernacles, and Feast of Weeks. On the Feast of Weeks, Israel was to count the days. They had to count 50 days after the second day of Passover. And after their counting and after those 50 days, they, on that 50th day, they were, to, they were to offer a new wine or new grain offering to the Lord. It's in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 15. And it's the period between Passover to Shavuot is actually called the counting of days. It's the counting of days where they actually counted off the 50 days to Shavuot where they offered a new grain offering. On the day of Shavuot, they celebrate it as a day of rest. And in synagogues all across the country, their traditions is the reading out of the book of Ruth, which reminds them of the harvest. And the Israelites would decorate their homes with harvest products or produce. And they would decorate their synagogues with harvest produce. But Shavuot also has another meaning, another spiritual meaning. The festival of giving of the Torah. See, on this day of Shavuot is also the day that the Lord revealed to Israelite, and listen to this, the gift of of the law at Mount Sinai on this day. And this is also the same day that the Lord gave his promised gift to his, Jesus' apostles, the gift of the Holy Spirit. So you see the parallel? And just as Moses 
was the first deliverer of Israelite, he connects the Passover and the first Shavuot to Jesus the Messiah that brings them together again. Amen? And Jesus fulfilled all the prophetic promises of the Hebrew Scriptures. Jesus at the Last Supper, he reveals himself that we just partake, that we just partook of in communion. Jesus revealed himself at the Last Supper to his apostles as the Passover lamb who was about to be sacrificed. And in Matthew chapter 26, we're going to read it, 26 through 29. Matthew chapter 26. 26 through 29. We got six up there. He said, while they were eating, Jesus took the bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out, now listen to this, for many, for the forgiveness of sins. So Jesus was telling his disciples that I am the Passover lamb. I am the lamb that was slain. That's going to be slain. And my blood is going to be poured out for the forgiveness of sins, just like the Hebrews did, the Israelites did, when they did their sacrifices to make atonement for their sins. And they poured the blood out and sprinkled the blood upon the altar for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus, too, just like the Passover lamb, poured his blood out for us. For many, it says, and his blood is being poured out to this day continually upon all those that receive the good news of the gospel and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So when the day that Moses came down with the book of the law on the first Shabbat, 50 days after Passover... Jesus himself ascended back into heaven on that, or on, excuse me, on the 40th day, he ascended to heaven, but on the 50th day, when Moses got the book of the law, the gift, Jesus sent his promised Holy Spirit that the Father promised to his disciples as a gift. And you know, just as it says, the days of counting, I'm sure, I remember scripture saying that when Moses went up to Mount Sinai to get the, the, the books of the law, that Israelites thought that Moses probably died because the mountain was all ablaze and they were afraid and they were, they were, they were counting. How can a man live up there? In the presence of God for that long. Surely Moses must be dead. Let's build us a let's build us an idol and worship the idol. And that's when they built the cow. And I'm sure they were counting and counting. You know, is he coming back? Is he not coming back? 
And I'm sure that the apostles, in their mind, when they were waiting in the upper room, like I preached a couple weeks ago, that they were counting too, day one, day two, day three, no promise yet, day four, day five. It said that many left, that many didn't stay. Many left because they got tired of waiting. So the lesson is, don't rush. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. It's God's timing, not our timing. Wait on the Lord until you are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Fifty days from Passover to Shabbat. Fifty days from Passover to Pentecost. Do you know that Shabbat represents the new harvest? Represents the harvest. And the revelation of the Torah. Now Pentecost to me, in the book of Acts, really represents the same thing. Pentecost to me really represents the harvest, the harvest of souls into the kingdom of God. And also to the new covenant that Jesus made way for us. So let's read, we're going to read from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 41. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house. While they were sitting, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. As the Spirit enabled them, now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation. And you know why they were in, they were in Jerusalem to celebrate the Shabbat. See, they were commanded to go back to Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Weeks. So there were people all around, Jewish people from all around. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each, were, each one of them heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parithians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, Figria and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? And then some of them made fun of them and said they have had too much to drink, too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. 
fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, and young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him. As you yourselves know, this man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will live in hope, because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with the joy with joy in your presence. Brothers, I can tell you confidently, the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of this fact. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father, oh, excuse me, yeah, the promised Holy Spirit, and has poured out what you now see here. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children 
and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. For those who accepted this message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to the number that day. You know, it amazes me to see how the Holy Spirit filled those men with power and boldness. Do you know it was only 53 days earlier that Peter denied Christ, that Peter was gripped and paralyzed by fear? Now, 53 days later, he is emboldened. He is filled of faith and power from the Holy Spirit that Jesus the Messiah promised that his Father would send. And as a result of that power of the Holy Spirit being filled, there was over 3,000 people that were added to their number that day. <clears throat> That's why it's important before you do anything that you do it with the Holy Spirit. That you're filled with the Holy Spirit. That you're emboldened, full of power. Because when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the results are incredible, could be incredible, should be incredible, because God makes the impossible possible. Amen? The parallel to Shavuot and to Pentecost and the harvest that's ripe for the picking. The parallel of the grain harvest, of the new grain harvest, to me in the parallel of seeing 3,000 people coming to know Christ in one day. is incredible. For the souls to come into the kingdom... And I wrote down here, being fishers of men. Many of us, myself included, we do not like waiting. But we need to, because we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to fill us. We need the Holy Spirit to fill us anew every morning. In Lamentations 3, verses 22 through 20C, 23, 20C, <laughs> 22-23, it's a beautiful scripture. You should all write it down. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Amen. The steadfast love of the Lord <clears throat> never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. <clears throat> Great is your faithfulness. We need God's gift every morning. Yes. 
Just like we need God's steadfast love. Just like we need God's mercies. We need His Holy Spirit every morning. Amen? So, Father, I just pray right now in Jesus' name that, Lord God, that you would fill each one of us with your Holy Spirit. That, Lord God, that we would be so full of your Holy Spirit, Lord God, that we would speak in different tongues, that we would be emboldened to spread the good news of the gospel, to become fishers of men and women, to, to stand Lord God, up for you, to stand boldly up for you, to preach the good news that Jesus is the Messiah, that he died on the cross, that he rose the third day, that he is that pure spotless lamb that was sacrificed for the whole world, for many, it said, for the forgiveness of sins. Lord God, we thank you for all he's done. We thank you for this Time of Shabbat, this time of counting, these, this time of Passover, this time of Pentecost. We thank you, Lord God, for your precious gift of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we welcome you, Holy Spirit, into our hearts. Lord God, help us. And help us to be strong in waiting for you to be, waiting for you to fill us, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, and we praise you. We thank you for your gifts that are true and amen and that they're promises and they're promises that, Lord God, you'll never break. And I believe that in your word, Lord God, and I believe that in my heart. And I just pray this in Jesus' name, amen. 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 So if anybody would like prayer, if anybody would like to receive the Holy Spirit, we would be glad to pray for you.